Hey, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron. This is Caleb. We're just grateful to have you guys back with us today. A couple things before we get started. We want to just remind you guys, be sure um, to go to Amazon first and foremost. Get the book Pursuing Freedom by our very own Caleb Spryder. It'll help you as you follow along with just the lessons that we've been going through the last several weeks. And then as always, be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, like and share our content. Continue to help us to grow the reach of this program um, and just uh, to help us to, to shape the culture of the recovery community around us. And then, man, go to wherever you're listening to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever that may be, and like and review our show there. Give us five-star reviews. That helps us just, to, again, to grow the platform, to grow our reach, to, to beat the algorithms, to beat the system. This is your way to, to rage against the machine, to stop the people from suppressing them. Um, but just help us again, um, just to continue to grow what we're doing here um, and just partner with us in that way. Um, but we are just excited just to continue this. We're on episode 17 as we um, are beginning to, to wrap up um, our lessons before we before we pivot slightly. So we've got a couple more episodes and we'll pivot just to some other content. But today our action item is this, that I understand that God has created me for a purpose and one of the best ways to overcome my struggle is to actively pursue the, uh, what God has created me for. I about messed that up. I actively pursue what God has created me for. And so the whole premise here is that, that God has created you for a purpose. And one of the great lies that, that we fall victim to outside of the church is the fact that, um, well, we're, we're accidents. We're on an accident and, and everything um, was unintentional. That um, it's just happenstance that, that we're here. And so when we buy into that lie, well, there is no purpose. There is no meaning. There is no reason behind life. And so that, that often leads leads to um, leads to our struggle or maybe you fell victim some, to something early on in life that, that robbed you of that value and so we have to begin to, to realign ourselves with value and to understand that there's purpose behind um, behind our lives here that, that we should be mission oriented and mission driven um, to, to utilize all the tools and all the things that God has gifted us with yeah and um, you know obviously there's the there's the eternal component of having a purpose if assuming that you you know again like Aaron was talking about you believe in that God has created you for a purpose that you're here while we're here on this earth that there's something for us to do that God has like I said perfectly designed us for but from outside of that just from a practical standpoint when it comes to our recovery the you know there's a saying that idle hands are the, are the devil's playthings and and what that's talking about is that you know when you when you're not really doing anything or you don't have anything that you're you're working towards you have a tendency to get in trouble and in up to this point in our in the study or in the, in the book um we've talked about you know kind of dealing with our past and trying to, to rectify some things that have been hanging us up and what we you know the purpose of this lesson is now to start turning our eyes forward and, and saying what is it that we're what, what is it that we're doing what is it that we're actively working for because if we if we don't have something that we actively are trying to do or trying to accomplish then we find ourselves you know we're bored or we're easily um, kind of uh, tossed about on the on the waves of culture and we, we kind of just drift through life and when we have no direction or guidance then we we're a lot more apt to fall back into those those old struggles and those old things that, that have tripped us, us, tripped us up in the past. And so just from a, a practical standpoint, having a purpose, having a reason to get up every morning and, and something to actively work towards is going gonna, is gonna to make a big difference in our recovery. Um, because again, having, having your eyes forward, moving towards a goal, 
um, is going to keep your mind off of, off of those, you know, wanting to fall back into those other things. Yeah, um, I like this. It's Romans 12, 6 through 8. It says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And so... What that begins to reveal to us that is that each of us, in His grace, God has given us different things for doing certain things well. That, that's your purpose. And so we need to understand, again, that we were created for something specific, that, that my unique ability and giftings are different than Caleb's, and that's because our, our purpose, God's plan for us, is different. God's grand scheme is the same, but we all have to find our place within it. And, and it really does help us in our recovery because you know when we know what we're doing why we're doing it, it it allows us to focus in on that anytime i lose sight of what god's called me to do and i begin doing things um under some of my own desires or outside of God's will. I've lost sight of my purpose. When I lose sight of my purpose, um, I lose sight of God's will for my life and we begin to step out of it. And so th that's what all this is about, that that when we come into a relationship with Jesus, which we believe our recovery is centered around that, and we call him Lord of our, our lives, it's, it's understanding that we need to pursue his will. Well, if Jesus is Lord, and so I've, I've allowed him to be in charge, again, an element of that is, well, Father, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? And, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. Oftentimes it's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> There's elements of it that comes naturally. And we need to begin to, to find those, those purposes um, that, that we're specifically gifted for. And so, again, if God has given you the ability to, to prophesy, to give, um, to serve, to teach, to encourage, um, whatever that may be, to lead, that, that we need to take those things seriously. And we need to begin to, to cultivate the gifts that God's given us. We need to, to grow those things and to use them. And in that pursuit, um, more and more so, we're falling under the will of God. And, and, and that's what it is. Because outside of the will of God, that's where our struggle grows. That's where it, it fosters. That's where it takes hold of our lives and distracts us. Under the will of God, you've got to pursue God's purpose. That's you can't, you can't separate the two. That if, that if Jesus is going to be Lord and you're going to pursue what he has for you, you have to pursue the purpose that God has given you. There's no other way around it. And so that's why it, it's so detrimental to our recovery. That's why it's so detrimental to our growth is, is that we continue to pursue this. Ephesians 1, 4, I want to share this with you. It said, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And so it goes back that that way before you fell into your struggle, way before um, you, you did any of these things, God had a plan and a purpose for you, that there was something uniquely gifted to you. And it's so important to, to take that truth, and it is a truth. It's not just something that we're saying. It's a biblical foundational truth that before all of this, God, God knew you, God chose you, and intended to use you. And it's up to us to say, all right, you can be Lord. I don't, I don't want control. That, that's what this is all about. That's what this pivots on, is that, that submission of, I understand that I'm not going to live my life and do the things that I should do, that I don't know better than you. And we let God be God, and when we do that, we step into it. And again, it, it can be so uncomfortable. Um, I've shared this before. I hated public speaking. It made me physically ill. 
Um, and then, because God's just got some crazy sense of humor, he's like, I'm going to make you speak to people on a regular basis until you like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the natural thing I wanted to do. And so it was, it was hard for me to step into that role. Um, loving people, that's a purpose we all share. Be honest with you, it doesn't come naturally to me. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. But... You know, we, we step into that and we grow it because it's just like, God's like, this is this is part of my purpose. It's part of my plan for you. No, I, I can piggyback off that. I mean, that's the same with me. I'm, I'm If you know me, I'm not what you would describe as a people person <laughs> and very introverted person. And yet for the past, uh, what the hell have I been doing recovery ministry, six, seven, eight, nine years, um, God's put me in the middle of, of uh, you know, very much a people ministry. And, and being around people and being around not only people, but messy people, you know, <laughs> emotional people. And I'm a very unemotional person. And, um, you know, every, all, all of that, you know, is pulling me out of what, what I would, I would deem as my comfort zone, you know, is having to, to, to deal with these certain situations. But, but God's given me, you know, a gift and a purpose and, and this is where it's at. And so, you know, I, I, put that stuff aside because I want to do what, what he wants, what he made me for, you know, and, I, and I'll speak to that for a second about gifting is, you know, maybe you're hearing this and especially you're coming out of, out of your struggle, it's pretty fresh, or even if it's not fresh and you think, man, I can't do something like that because I've done this, 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 and this, and this, and you can list off all the, the bad things that you've done. But here's the thing, you know, that the Bible is full of God using bad, you know, people with bad things. I mean, actually that's most of the people, that's all the people in the Bible other than Jesus that God's achieved his purpose through broken people. And your your history doesn't exclude you from God's ability to use you. So, um, you know, going back to that, that verse Aaron shared a minute ago in Romans is that if you listen to it, there's not, you know, just a couple of, of gifts that are listed there. It's not like, you know, if you like people come to church, a lot of times they, they see the musicians or the, the preacher, whoever's speaking, they're like, man, I can't do those things. Well, that that's a very small part of what serving or having a purpose, you know, in ministry is, is, I mean, that's, um, it's not just the people up, up front, you know, the, the, uh, like, so the verse says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Well, that is definitely not my gift, you know, and I would be an, a very ineffective leader if it was just me and I didn't surround myself with people that encourage because, I'm not necessarily the most encouraging person, except I'm not exactly the most, you know, peopley person. But I have a lot of people, per, you know, that kind of person, people. I don't know, what, <laughs> I don't know where to use the persons. I have those kinds of people around me because because that's their gifting. We have, um, you know, we have a lady that uh, that provides our meals on the first Mondays um, every every month here at our recovery ministry. Uh, her, I mean, her. She has she has the gift of hospitality in in abundance. I oh, mean, yeah. her home is always open to to people, and she always provides, and that's that's her gift. And I mean, and we need people like that have that gift because I don't have that gift. I don't even let people know where I live. I try not to let people know where I live. <laughs> I don't like because you know, as a very introverted person, my home is my my sanctuary. That's where I want to be left alone. And so I don't I don't have people over my house very often because that's that's very you know like so that I like that to be a private place for me. But and that's just the way I am. And so I need somebody who who has that gift to be a part of this ministry 
to help us out. And so there's so many different ways and there's so many different gifts. And, you know, we, and speaking of gifts again, with, you know, we have this kind of, in, if you're Christian, we believe in there's, the, you know, the abilities that you're born with, you know, I can, I can reach things off the top shelf because I'm six foot three. You know, that's a, that's a innate born in ability. That's just my genetics to be this tall. I can fit and carry on luggage. That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, you know, that's, that's, but then when you become a Christian, we believe that you are given spiritual gifts and those gifts help you fulfill that purpose. And if you're, if you're listening and you have accepted Jesus, you have those, you have those spiritual gifts and those gifts are given to you to accomplish that purpose that, that God has for you. So regardless of your background or regardless of what you think you can do, God made you to do something. God gave you the ability to do something. And um, it's just a willingness, like Aaron said, to say yes to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got to, again, just realize, buy into that truth. Um, and again, what Caleb said, I mean, there's, there's things that you're born with and and sometimes we begin just to put ourselves in a box because of our past, because of the things we've been through, or maybe because of what you've achieved. Um, but as you do come into recovery and come into that relationship with Jesus, um, God does just a tremendous work in us um, and brings about um, greater giftings in our lives and greater abilities so that we can, you know, continue just to pursue, again, the purpose that he's called us to. And so it's our job to discover and actively pursue that purpose, what that is. And so we've got to buy into the truth. All right, I get it. I understand. God's created me for something. God's gifted me for a reason to pursue something. And then it's up to you to, to take action. And and that comes into play with, with everything we do around here. It's uh, it's your job to get off your butt um, and, <laughs> and to go do it. And you sit around and you're like, I don't yeah. know. I've been in recovery. I've been, I've been following Jesus for 20 years. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, sit there's nothing house, for me. Asking for yeah. hey, Jesus, show me. I haven't gone outside. <laughs> Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I I don't do. know my place. Well, that's your fault. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you've got to actively seek it, you know, through prayer, just spending time with God, through trying things out. Um, <laughs> I know when I first came into the church, uh, first and foremost, the, the very first place I served was graphics. I'm a graphic artist. That That's my trade. That's what I did. And I thought, you know, this would be a really great place. I'll be a part of the creative team and I'll serve here. I didn't like that. It was, it was a terrible choice. I was like, why did I do this? I don't want to do this at all. And then I was like, I know what I'll do. I have a three-year-old daughter. I'll serve with three-year-olds. I don't like toddlers. I liked my toddler because she's my sweet, precious angel. I didn't like other toddlers. I couldn't get there. He doesn't and like your toddler. I don't like your toddler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can deal with the stickiness of my own child. Right. Your child's stickiness is just gross. It's gross. <laughs> but, um, and then, you know, I, I began to, to serve in children's ministry. Now, what's really wild and crazy about that is I hated children. Hated children. I couldn't stand kids. But <laughs> as I pursued God, you know what he did? He gifted me with a heart for children. He broke and, you down. He did, and an ability <laughs> to connect with them. Blew my mind. I'm like, and, and eventually my heart was just shifted in such a tremendous way where I loved to spend time with elementary school kids and, and to serve them and I could connect with them and I could grow. But you know what I had to do? First off, I had to realize that there was something I'm supposed to do. And then I had to get up off my butt and begin to seek it out. And then I ran into two walls where I was like, oh, I'm failing here, I'm failing here. And instead of giving up, I kept pushing until I discovered what is is that God wanted me to do. And then something else happened. After doing what God had called me to do, 
God changed it because sometimes our purpose pivots and God puts us in one place for a season and then changes that season. So maybe you did something for a while. You're like, I got burned. I got hurt. I got tired of it. Okay, find the next thing because sitting on your butt at home, not actively growing the church is not the thing to do. That's what leads us back to our struggle. That's what deters us from God's will. You've no longer allowed Jesus to be Lord in that season of your life. You've, you've become Lord. Because sitting on your butt at home is you being Lord of your life, not God being Lord of your life. Step out of your comfort zone and begin to pursue things. I better let Caleb take over for <laughs> me. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm no, just ranting. Well, I'm going to jump on a rant with you because, I mean, it, you know, what you're talking about is, golly, we see that so many times in, in church ministry. And I'll tell you, and I always say this when I'm talking about leadership is that volunteer leadership is the hardest leadership because there's no incentive to stay you know where you're at because you're not being paid right so like it doesn't matter if you you know so if you're at a church and you've got a volunteer you know they can decide to just go somewhere else if you hurt their feelings because you know hey there's a church down the road yeah, God's and calling me elsewhere yeah that's right God's calling me elsewhere that's the common <laughs> common refrain but the thing is, is is that that's by by running a way you know and 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 leaving something that you feel called like just because you're called to something doesn't mean you're not going to experience difficulty in that thing um i mean since i've been involved in ministry and in, in the recovery ministry it's been a constant <laughs> barrage of things not working out and you know but but you know i can i can honestly say this is i've called to be here um and it wasn't and so there was never a, i'm going to run away from this problem it's going to I'm, I'm, how do i solve this problem and through solving those problems we become better servants and we become more effective servants for god and his purpose i mean it's we use this illustration all the time but it's like working out you know if i go to the gym and i just go go bench press and i take the bar and i don't put any weight on it and i just keep doing 10 reps i'm never going to get any stronger it's only through challenging my muscles and over you know the uh, overloading them that they they start to become stronger it's through the struggle that we become stronger and so um you know like Aaron said you you, you do go try things out you go you know serve in your church or you know you don't even have to serve in your church there's other places you can serve but you go serve and you see what what works out for you i have a similar story to Zared. i i got involved at recovery ministry because a friend of mine who was going through recovery asked me to come uh play guitar because i'm a i play guitar and I was like, yeah, sure, I'm not doing anything else. I might as well. And, you know, again, I'm, and I don't come from a, what you would consider a traditional addiction background. I don't have addictions in my, in my past to drugs, alcohol. Uh, but I just absolutely loved, fell in love with the ministry. And, and it, again, it's, it's crazy because it's not, you know, this isn't the kind of people I would be around, not because I don't like, you know, have something against people who have, drugs and alcohol addiction or that kind of thing it's because they're a lot more emotional than i am a lot more <laughs> huggy than i am you know if you've ever been to a recovery meeting they like to hug each other and they, they cry a lot and I do, I do neither of those things and so you know it i i feel way out of place and it's like how do i how do i relate you know i can't bring anything to this ministry other than playing guitar because i don't i don't i don't have a common background i don't relate emotionally the same way they do and yet here we are you know like I said however many years later and I've written a book about it and and we have the you know one of the largest if not the largest recovery ministry in northeast Oklahoma so I mean God God gives you the gifts and it's just the willingness to use it and you know in in, in your willingness to come up against some of those hard things you try try stuff out 
some stuff's not going to fit because it's just going to go against kind of where you're gifted. And those will be those will be a lot more obvious, like Aaron was talking about. When you get on the you know the creative team, even if you are creative and you go, this just isn't a right fit. You yeah. know that there's that, but then there's you're, this is the right fit. But I'm you know there's hard times and I've got to push through those, and that makes me a better uh, better leader, a better person, a better uh, said a more effective tool for God's purpose. So you know there's those kind of couple things we have to differentiate when we, when we when we serve but our job is to continue to actively pursue God's purpose in our lives and that's through prayer seeking his guidance exploring what our gifts are and figuring out where we can plug those in yeah in Philippians um, Apostle Paul shares from Philippians 3 12 through 14 he says I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've reached perfection but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And so here Paul just equates life to this race. And so if you've ever ran a race, First and foremost, they're awful, awful things. But, uh, <laughs> <That's not true. laughs> um, but it, it's something that <clears throat> you have a goal that you've got to actively pursue that finish line. And not only that, but but you train for these things, that, that you prepare for it, um, that it's not a sit on the couch and, and get a medal type of situation. And so he's saying, listen, your, your walk, life is a lot like that, that even though you're starting out, that you, you haven't possessed that prize, you're not there yet. There's a goal and something that you, you've got to actively endeavor to pursue and to reach, and that's what your purpose is. And then even as you capture that, realize it, you've got to continue pressing forward because that's just that's just one leg of the race. It's, it's all right, I've, I've got it, now what's next? And so continue to push on, um, forgetting your past. I love that part because, again, I think our past is one of those things that derail us so much and just the, the search and the realization that God's created us for something great, that we've got to forget that and press on to reach the end and to receive the heavenly prize um, for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. In Proverbs 16, 3, it says, this, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed, that, that we do this with, with that in mind, that this is not for me. I, I don't live for me anymore. I don't pursue a purpose for me. Those things had me lost. Those things had me living for the wrong reasons, far from God and miserable, that, that I had to learn to commit the things that I was doing towards God. And that's, again, that goes back to, to making him Lord, recognizing his authority over our lives, humbling ourselves and saying, I'm no longer going to be God. I, this is what I discovered. Aaron makes a lousy, lousy God. And I have to commit everything I do to him because anytime I step out of that, anytime I seek my own purpose, my own desire, it, it just ends in misery and failure. And so we actively pursue God, continue to push forward to please him and to serve his purpose. Our purpose becomes his purpose as we continue just to pursue that in life. You know, another thing to take away from the, the verse, and Aaron kind of touched on it though, is, is that, you know, there is no there is no kind of finish line you know, and that you always, and we've talked about this before, is that recovery is a process. Not only is recovery is a process, but, but life is a pro process. You, 
and, and it's a choice you make. You, you can choose to continually grow and continue. Like I said, we, we can come up against these struggles and problems that we have, like, in, you know, in our ministry or serving or doing the thing that we feel that God has called us to. And, you know, at any time we can pull away from that and say, I just don't want to put up with this anymore. Or we can continually push on. And, and, and what happens then is those problems that used to be so hard, all of a sudden really aren't that big of a deal because we've grown so much and now we're, we're encountering and we've gone on to bigger and, and tougher things which sounds awful but is actually a good thing because you've continued to follow that pursuit and i hope that i'm always encountering bigger and tougher challenges because that means i'm continuing to push on and to continuing to grow there's never a there's never a finish line there's never a i'm not going to get to the age of, of 65 and be like well i guess i'm done you know i hope not you know, I want to, as long as I'm on this side of the, the earth, I want to continue to, to do that. And it's always uh, continue to serve and to fulfill whatever God's purpose is. And, it, you know, sometime down the line, it may change. I may have to start over in a different area or do something different and grow in that way. Um, but but like it says, there's never, um, you know, it's just, I press on. I just continue to press on and continue to, to move forward towards that finish line. Well, that finish line is, is when we move on to eternity. And so... Um, just understand that, that there's never just a, like, you're not going to arrive, you know, there's always a, a different, um, a different challenge that's waiting for you, if you're willing to do it. There's a really good book on this, um, it's called The Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkerson, and I would recommend it to anybody. It's, it's a short book. He wrote The Prayer of Jabez, I don't know if it used to be a popular book back in the day, but that's a very short book. That's also a very good book, too, but um, look it up, uh, read that book, it's really good, it's talking about you know, following God's purpose for your life and that, you know, when you arrive at the thing that he's called you to, that you, you have to do the work to make it look like the thing that in your mind you had. And then after he's called you there and you've done that part, he continues to call you on to bigger and bigger things. And so, um, I would highly, highly encourage that one. Yeah. Um, and I like that, uh, Caleb said, it continues to call you on to bigger and bigger things. You know, our purpose is a lot like that, that, God gives us just a little bit, and as we um, learn to steward the small things, God trusts us with bigger and bigger things. And so expect your the scope of your purpose to grow, the things that you're going to do to grow. And so as we begin to step out of our struggles, you know, that that's a small step. And then you begin to step into the plan and the purpose and the will of God by discovering your purpose that that begins to grow and god gives more and more there as we're faithful he's faithful and what happens is eventually you've transitioned all the way out of of these old areas of life into something new and beautiful um and it's just a little bit a little bit at a time a little bit at a time and we continue just to press forward and grow in the things that we're doing um, romans 12 1 through 2 it says and so dear brothers and sisters i plead with you to give your bodies to god because of all he has done for you let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind that he will find acceptable this is truly the way to worship him don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world but let god trans transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know god's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so that first part of it, I like that. I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. So when we when we recognize God's purpose, um, it's because of what he's done. That That's where that making him Lord comes into play. We, we say, you know what, God, you're going to be Lord. And then it says, let them be living in holy sacrifice. And so when we, when we think of traditional sacrifice, you know, it's animal slaughter at the altar, it's dead, it has no choice in the matter. Well, we, we're a living sacrifice, which means that the daily 
hourly, <laughs> minute by minute, we have to choose to lay ourselves down and, and to be a sacrifice to God, to present ourselves, our bodies, our lives, our will. That's what we're laying down there. Um, and we're saying, you know what, God, I'm going to pursue you. I recognize what you've done for me. And as response to this, you know, you saved me without cause. I don't deserve that. So now I'm going to lay down my will, my, my plans, my purpose. I'm going to begin to pick up yours. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit myself to you and all the things that we do. And it says, this is truly the way to worship him. And he goes on, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. When we look at purpose, um, one of the things that the world says is, take those giftings that God's giving you. And God's word says, every good and pleasing thing comes from the Lord. Take that thing and use it for your glory. Use it to, to satisfy your needs. And so what Paul's saying here in Romans is, Again, if you equate it to that, don't don't copy that. That's what we do. That's what leads us into addiction. That's what leads us into struggle and to adultery and under these things over here. No, instead, um, use what God's given you to glorify God. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And as we continue to to recognize Jesus as Lord, to lay down our will and pursue His to seek his purpose and to do this, that, that over time, God transforms you into a new person by changing the way we think. And that's, that's this process played out and our, our thought process begins to change. And, and we, we continue to step more and more into the plan and the purpose of God. And we step more out of these struggles, these strongholds, and we don't fall victim to them time and time. We stop stepping in the same pothole over and over again. It says, then, lastly, it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. Well, God's will for you is God's purpose for you, God's plan for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I, I never look back in my life before before God and use good, pleasing, or perfect. There was nothing about the things that I experienced that were good, pleasing, or perfect. But, but the life that God's given me now is full of joy. Things may not be um, the way I want them to be all the time, but there's a joy in my heart as I serve God and, and that's what we're doing here as we're pursuing his purpose. That's why it's um, so important to your recovery is you've, you've got to stop living for you and start living for him. You've got to set down your things and pick up his. It, that, 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 that switch, that's where these things begin to take hold. That's where we begin to grow and that's where we find freedom. It's, it's freedom through submission. We submit to God and we, and we find freedom in that. So the way we do that, you know, start living that purpose is one, like we talked about, you kind of, you start to discover your gifts by serving. You, you, you put yourself out there in a position to serve and, and you um, see what fits. You pray and you seek guidance from God and see where he's calling you to, to be. And that's a daily thing. Like we were just, like Aaron was just talking about, you know, the Bible tells us every day I have to pick up my cross. And that's what that, that represents is that basically I'm dying to myself. I'm dying to that worldly call to do what it is I want to do and satisfy my own needs. And I'm, and I say today, I'm, you know, today I'm following God every day, right? It's the same with recovery every day. I'm going to wake up and choose not to engage in whatever it is I'm struggling with, you know? And so we, the, we do those things. And then what we do is as we find, we start to, we have to start living on purpose. And, and what we do there is we start to, um, one of the ways we do that is we start setting goals, right? We start saying, this is okay. I feel that God is calling me to live this kind of life or to move towards this thing. So what I need to do is start setting some sort of goal. Um, because again, if we don't have 
um, something that we're striving for, working for, then it's, it's going to be really easy to, to get off track and to, to just kind of go wherever the winds may take us. And so um, there is, you know, and when we set goals, a lot of times, you know, people just think in the terms of like their health, right? New Year's resolution kind of thing. I'm going to lose 30 pounds, quit smoking and stop drinking. And I'm going to win the lottery. Yeah, I win the lottery. That's a good goal, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, or uh, so, something like that. But but our, you know, you can set goals for all different areas of our life. So the ones that we focus on are spiritual goals, physical relationships, professional, financial, and personal. So just you know, briefly, like spiritually, you know, I want to I want to you know read my Bible every day, or I want to improve my prayer life, or something along those lines. I want to you know study the Bible this way or that you know. Um, that kind of thing. Physical, obviously, is what everybody knows about, you know, lose weight, eat better. Relationships, you know, I want to improve my relationship with my kids. I want to restore a relationship. I want to improve my marital relationship. You know, that's that's what falls under that. I want to stop being dependent on the opposite sex for all of my needs. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, Just throw that out there for yeah. some people. <laughs> Um, professional goals. So, what, what's your career goals? Like, what do you, what is it you want to be when you grow up? You know, some of us are 40 years old and maybe still don't know what that is. Um, uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, what is it that you want to, you know, what it, what career do we want to have? Or there's, you know, we can set a goal and start moving through that. Financial goals. I want to save this much. I want to pay off debt. That kind of thing. Um, personal goals. Like, I want to take up hobbies. I want to learn to play guitar. I want to. Uh, read so many books in a year, that kind of stuff. And so one of the frameworks we use, and this is a pretty popular one, is SMART goals. Because I mean, if you just say a goal is like, I want to I want to lose 30 pounds, or I want to lose weight. Let me just say that. It's even less specific. I just want, I want to lose weight. Well, what does that mean? You know, I can lose... I can lose a pound, and I've accomplished that yeah. goal. I mean, if you want to lose weight, just go to Taco Bell. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, or there's other ways, you know, just drink water or something. I mean, you probably, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's what I'm saying. So a lot of people, they just put out these kind of generic, ambiguous goals that don't really mean anything, that don't motivate you to do anything. And so uh, what, what we teach in our program is, you know, that you got to have, have a little bit more structure to our goals. And so the common, the common way to do that is what we call SMART goals, which stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. And so specific, so the weight loss example, what I would say is I want to lose 30 pounds. You know, I, I want to lose 10 pounds. I have a specific number in mind. Um, it's measurable, right? Pounds is 10 pounds. I know if I've lost 10 pounds. Um, achievable, right? So what that means is that if I'm going to set a goal, I, you know, if you weigh 200 pounds, I'm not going to be like, I want to lose 150 pounds. It's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, you will you'll lose 150 pounds after you die. But um, relevant, you know, is it something that's actually motivating to you? Is it something that you, act, you know, that's actually impacting you right now? Is it, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of an example of... Uh, like relevancy but i mean basically if you're not motivated to achieve it because it's not relevant to your life then you're not going. Well, when we talk about a recovery i mean we talk about finding a why so you know your goals in 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 the context of recovery you know is it relevant to your why is this something that's going to help you achieve the thing you're trying to overcome yeah um so because that's going to where that desire is going to come from that drive um to begin to to shift and to pivot and to pursue these things yeah um and yeah, I mean, the reason I struggle with that is because typically, if you have a desire to do something, it's relevant to you. You know, and so another way you can another 
words you could put in the, the place of the, the R is that it's like results oriented. And so that it means that there's an outcome that you can actually see out of that goal. Um, and then time bound. So that means we're gonna, um, we have a time limit because if there's no deadline, was I've heard a goal without a, a deadline is just a dream is, yeah. is how, how we say that. So if you're like, yeah, I'd like to lose 10 pounds eventually. Yeah. Like that's not going to motivate you to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do do something. You're like, yeah, I'll get around to it. So, um, so that's kind of what smart goals. And there's a billion articles on the internet about that. If you want to look up, just Google smart goals. Um, and then what we do is we talk about different time frames to set goals in. So five years. Now, I I throw out five years more from a like you to help get the ball rolling, not that you're gonna set a goal, because a lot of, a lot of life happens in five years, oh, yeah. and, change, and a lot of things change, but what you do is, you, you know, you ask yourself, where, where do I wanna be in five years, you know, spiritually, financially, professionally, physically, that kind of thing, and, and that, that gets your brain working on, what, what, is, what does it look like if I'm, if I'm living in God's purpose, and I feel called this direction, what does that look like in about five years if I start, you know, getting myself on track and living, like I said, living within his purpose. And I um, mean, you can make five-year goals and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but just understand that the likelihood that life doesn't throw you a, a curveball sometime between now and then is, is fairly low. So those things are gonna change, you know, but from, from, from that five-year goal, you can set one-year goals. And a lot of times we overestimate what we can do in a year. Uh, but again, it helps you break things down to a more immediate time frame. But I like 12 week goals because 12 weeks is far enough out to allow you time to do something. And then, but not so far out that, you know, you, you lose motivation to keep going. Cause you know, a year from now, I'm going to do this like in about three months, I'm going to give up. So <laughs> cause you're like, oh, it's so far away, but 12 weeks, I mean, that's, that's not that big of a time frame, And that, that comes from, um, a book I think it's called the 12 it's the 12 week year I think it's what it's called it's a very popular goal-setting book um, you can look that one up it's a good book I'd recommend it but um, and then from 12 weeks you can break those down into one month and then it's one week and what we when we get to the one week goals we're talking in action steps what can I do this week to achieve my one month goal and that's very immediate and when it's immediate like that then that keeps you motivated because you can go okay there's something I can do you know I can go to Taco Bell twice this week lose two pounds <laughs> or more and you know that's something actionable that's very doable for me to do uh not the best decision for me to do but it's something i can do uh in the, in the next day or so that will actually impact my goals for me and so you know breaking it down into these time frames where it's not so overwhelming helps you stay motivated helps you stay focused and so, uh, stay on purpose and one of the things that does too is uh it gives us opportunities to celebrate our wins like you know yeah. if, you're, if you're pursuing this um, as you hit these milestones of achievement, pat yourself on the back. Get yourself a, you know, cookie, unless you're trying to lose weight and yeah. avoid the cookie. Um, <laughs> but, you know, do something that, I mean, because that's what, that's what keeps us moving forward. It's like, all right, man, like I did it, you know, but if you are just got that five-year plan, well, in five years, what are you celebrating? You know, so you need that, that one year, that 12-week, that one month, um, that one-week time to say, I did it. I did it this week. I, I achieved what I was looking for, and, and that keeps that motivation going. Um, Philippians 1.6 says this, and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And so um, here, this is the Apostle Paul again, and he's saying, listen, at, at the moment of salvation, God began something in us. 
God began that work is something that he chose us for long ago. And that is we've responded to that calling. God began working on us and he'll continue it. God is faithful. And so sometimes we just allow the world to overwhelm us and to distract us and to say, well, maybe this wasn't for me. Maybe God's plan and purpose wasn't for me. But but the promise here is that that Jesus is faithful, God's faithful to see it through and he'll continue to move the needle as long as we continue to allow him to by pursuing him, getting up off the couch and, and saying, what do you have for me today? And this will continue until the day that Christ Jesus returns that there's, this, there's a finish line in the future for us that when, when it's completion and whatever he has for us. Yeah, um, you know, in, in closing, I'd like to just you know, encourage you in that to understand that this is, you know, there's there's what's that the ideal? And the ideal is that we set these goals and we do everything we need to do to accomplish them, and, and life works out great. And then there's reality, in that you're gonna you're gonna try, you're gonna set goals, and you're gonna fail. Um, well, not fail. You're not gonna reach them you know, or you're going to give up or life's going to happen. It's going to derail you. And that's okay. Like that happens. I, I mean, I'm a very goal oriented person and I've, and I've gone, you know, like a year without setting goals. I mean, just because, you know, you get into, into the muck and mire of life and, you know, stuff happens and you just get off track and, and you lose motivation to do things. And, um, you know, uh, just, it, it, that's life and, and we're not perfect and, and we've talked about it many times before is that recovery and in life in, in, in general there's it's not a, a constant you know upward trend that you just always do the right thing and you always are moving towards your goal and you always are having these successes it's up and down and it's up and down and you know sometimes you go back more than you go forward and um, you feel like you're not making any progress but here's the thing if you set a goal to do something and it's you know um, I don't know. I want to read my Bible every day for a month and you only read it, you know, 20 days out of the month. Like you still read your Bible 20 days out of the month. Like that's way better than you would have done if you didn't try to do anything at all. And so like Aaron said, you, you do have to find time to celebrate whatever wins you do have and realize that those little things, even though you came short, came up short of your goal, you still made progress. You know, you still improved you still established some sort of trend towards doing something positive in your life and so that's that's a good thing you know that's um i've hosted uh, many you know small groups where we get together and talk through our study well i've done many but we've we've done them and you know we have people get in there and they they you know are discouraged because they, maybe they didn't you know they didn't stay completely clean for the week doing whatever uh, whatever their struggle is and they're discouraged. We're like, man, that's all right. You you did you did well for you know six out of the seven days. That's a good thing. That's a progress. That's better than we would have done if we weren't trying at all. And so realize that that even though you set goals, or even though you feel like you're following um, God's purpose, you're going to have days where things don't work out. And that's that's not a failure. That's just that's just the way things go. And it's okay. And what we need to do is just you know reevaluate where we're at adjust the goals if we need to, and then get back on track with them. 
Yeah, it's very good. Um, <clears throat> so as we close today, I just want to remind you that um, if you've if you got any questions about this, please reach out to us. Um, you can reach out at the church office at 918-283-2221. You can email us at info at cedarpoint.church, or you can email me personally at aaron at cedarpoint.church. And man, it's one of these days I'm seriously getting you that email or finding out what you're reading. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we would love just to journey with you through this. Um, and if you, you know, if you, just need any resources at all, man, please reach out to us. Let us help you and guide you. And then I want to encourage you again, check out our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube is a great resource. We have all of our messages and content, um, including video versions of the podcast where we don't look at the camera and engage you in any way whatsoever. Um, on, what, we're recording this with video? What? Yeah, on YouTube as well. Uh, <laughs> But the great thing about the U- <laughs> about I was going to say the YouTube the YouTube so, uh, so old <laughs> on the socials yeah yeah, yeah it, the great thing about YouTube is we're able to put all of our content in playlists and so if you want to find messages that are directly related to this topic um, you can go on there we have it all divided for you there as well um, but uh, and just continue continue to take it a day at a time continue just to, to pursue your recovery in in whatever way um, you can. Um, and just make things like this a part of it. Uh, make goals a part of it. Celebrate your wins. Don't get discouraged, and you'll just be surprised where you end up um, just weeks and, and years from now as you don't lose sight of the fact that God has created you for plan, for purpose, and, and He wants good things for you, so continue just to, to lean into that. But we love you guys. Uh, thanks again for, for joining us, and we hope that you'll catch us right back here next week.